great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot inside Highmark Stadium where the Buffalo Bills just improved to 6-1 and one on the season in a little bit of a strange game. I think um, as we kind of go through this and talk through you know, what actually happened in this game, uh, it, it was a tale of two halves, and it was one where I just felt like that the Packers never really had a chance in this game, and it kind of played out that way with some weird, spooky things happening in the second half, which I feel like is fitting uh, now. It is Halloween. Halloween, yeah. yeah it's Halloween. Halloween. Um, speaking of Halloween, a lot of people are going to be hitting the jackpot uh, today. Every kind of candy you can get, which, by the way, we have to cover this before we do anything else. What's your favorite kind of candy? Kit Kat. Big Kit Kat guy. All right. I don't I don't hate that at all. I love Kit Kats. I was making the argument for Twix. I, I think it's like a mood thing. Like, I, I kind of go like up and down, up and down, up and down. Right now, I'm in a Twix phase, and I think that's okay. Nothing wrong. Um, but you could enter for a chance to win $1 million with tops right now. Uh, each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries towards the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get receipts, uh, recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone to enter. So I guess the best place to start in this game was the strange second half. I felt like there was two big narratives that came out of that. Number one, Bill struggling to stop the run. And number two, kind of like uh, I joked about it down before we went into the the locker room. Uh, Josh Allen's been watching all those old movies on the Kyle Brandt uh, podcast. I wonder if he watched uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. This week, because it felt like 2019, maybe Josh Allen in that second half, uh, just some struggles on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, let's start with the run game. The, the Bills let up 197 yards rushing to the top two backs, uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Obviously, the Packers went over 200 yards when you threw in Aaron Rodgers' scramble and run. So it was very uncharacteristic of the Bills, and it, it's something they're going to have to clean up for the, the game against the Jets next week and the rest of the season. But at the same time, I thought Von Miller said something really interesting in the post game. He said, you know, I just kept expecting in the second half, when are you going to start passing the ball? And that probably did create some of those run lanes for the Packers in this matchup, Matt, because they're up 17 at the half, the Bills. Packers come out, long drive field goal. Bills come out, match field goal. They're on still 17 points. Packers next drive, I think seven straight runs. And it ends with a turnover and downs with two other consecutive runs. Now you're in the fourth quarter, three drives, and all of a sudden the third quarter is just gone. And the Bills are in the same spot. So while they gave up a lot of yards on the ground, it really didn't hurt them tonight. Mm-hmm. And while it's not something they want to repeat going forward, I, I'm going to kind of overlook that for now because I think a lot of them were pinning their ears back saying, this is Aaron Rodgers. This is a first battle Hall of Famer. They're going to start throwing the ball all, all over the place. And it created those run lanes. 
Uh, as for Allen, yeah, very uncharacteristic performance, missing receivers, throwing high, throwing interceptions. It, it wasn't what we have come to expect. And, you know, we've been saying this is the MVP favorite. This is a guy that's been uh, dominating thus far. It was not a very good game for him when you go back and look at the stats and look how he played in the second half. Yeah, and I want to kind of go back. We'll talk about Allen in a few moments, but I, I want to get back into the run defense because I saw people panicking, right? Like, you know, Sean McDermott was asked a couple times in the post-game press conference if this is something moving forward, looking forward, this is going to be something they want to get figured out because you go, go back to last year, that's that's kind of where this team struggled at times, especially like think of the Colts, you think of the Tennessee Titans. You know, th- those were games where they ran the ball really well against them. I don't think this is the same thing, though, because to your point – what do the Bills not want to do against Aaron Rodgers? Give up explosive plays. That's number one, the number one priority for them. And if you go back and watch that one play where Aaron Rodgers found uh, Romeo Dobbs for that touchdown, mm-hmm. it was a dime. The Bills had good pressure on that play. And I think it was just about, okay, we're going to let you nickel and dime us, try to kill us with a 1,000 paper cuts down the field. Because at the end of the day, even with the success they were having, I think they were running at eight, eight-ish nine, uh, yards per clip even in the first half. It didn't lead to touchdowns in the end uh, on the scoreboard. And so I think the Bills were like, all right, offensively, we're moving the ball. We're scoring. We put up 21 points or 24 points in the first half. You know, we're in a good spot. If you want to run, it was almost like I think Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are probably like, good, go ahead, do that. Because you're kind of just running yourself out of time, which is what ended up happening anyway. And I know that the Bills kind of, you know, at the end of the game, there was a couple moments where they they scored that one touchdown. Maybe you had a you know a thought if you're a Green Bay fan or even the Packers themselves, oh maybe they can get back into this. And it never really felt like that to me. Like even with the Bills struggling in that department, like the Packers ever had a puncher's chance to get back in it. No, he, you know even in the press box, I thought that the general move when the Packers scored that touchdown to close the gap to ten was well that's nice, but it's you know much ado about nothing. It's too late. There's only about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, you knew the Bills were probably going to be able to put together a drive and uh, not really give Green Bay much of a chance after that point. And sure enough, that's kind of how it unfolded. So, um, you know, they scored, they closed the gap a little bit, but it was never really a game where I think anyone felt like it was the result was going to be in question. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're watching on YouTube right now, thank you so much. Staying up late with us, yeah. Ryan Talbot. In, in Highmark Stadium, people are punching away at their keyboards getting their stories out. We were uh, we want to get uh, live a little earlier than this, but, of course, we have uh, some stories to get done as well. Head over to Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. We have you covered uh, all week as now we lead up to a pretty big AFC East game uh, between the Bills and the Jets who have their own quarterback problems. And so I know we're going to talk about, you know, the second half Josh Allen, these two interceptions that were bad. But, listen, man, I watched most of that Jets-Patriots game, and both of those teams – have real bad quarterback problems. But I think the Jets were, you know, for a team that really has a lot of things going defensively, they have a real problem at quarterback. Somebody that they just spent a first-round draft pick on, a number two overall pick on, and now the New York City fan base wants a change at the quarterback position. So things are not going well for them. And going into this weekend, there were people talking about them. Are, are they are they entering contender status, as crazy as that is to sound? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it speaks to the talent of their defense. Their defense is legit. There's no arguing that. It's a very good unit. But the defense can only do so much. When the offense can't move the ball and they're they're having three and outs and they're not mm-hmm. sustaining drives, defenses get tired. It doesn't matter how good you are. So you saw a little bit of that today. 
Uh, but the problem with the Jets is Zach Wilson does not appear to be that guy. Uh, he put together, you know, he had a one or two really good throws in the first half of that game. And I, I check social media as I'm watching and it's all, you know, <laughs> hey, he's going to be OK. He's, he's throwing it really well. And then you saw some of those horrific interceptions, right. Matt, where he was trying to throw them away and he just didn't throw it out of bounds. And he just gave the Patriots those the ball back, essentially. Could have just handed them the ball uh, at the end of the day. That's that's how bad those interceptions were. So going to this matchup, you know, uh, the Bills are going to want to clean up a lot of, of what they did wrong. But I also feel pretty comfortable in them. You know, the fan base should feel very confident in this Bills game because what we've seen from Zach Wilson – uh, isn't very inspiring. They lost their best offensive weapon, one of their best offensive linemen, lat, both of those injuries last week, mind you. Um, so I, I think this matchup it should go fairly well for the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, with Allen, looking at that second half, I, I, I can't remember who we were talking about it with, but I think what happened was the chippy nature of this game, I think kind of fed into how the Bills were trying to attack the Packers and you saw it from the jump. And you know, obviously we have a couple stories up the site right now about the Stefan Diggs, Jair Alexander beef that started in the tunnel pregame. And then it really just marinated over the course of the game. And then it really started to cook by the time the game ended and it, it, it flowed over into the locker room talking to Stefan Diggs at the podium. He was quick to say like, yeah, I don't know what started it, I had some expletives to say, but I finished it. And then I went over to the to the Packers locker room, and I and I wanted to talk to Jair Alexander. I mean, those are the kind of matchups that you kind of uh, – you really like to get both sides of it, right? Like you think back to the Jalen Ramseys of the world where, you know, obviously he had some words for jo- Josh Allen his rookie year. So you try to get into the locker room, get their kind of side of it. And Alexander was – he views this as a completely different thing. Now, first of all, Alexander and Diggs didn't go – up against each other very often. I think it was only three plays in the game where they were uh, they were considered in one-on-one coverage against each other. So it's kind of like a moot point. For as much as they talked uh, trash with each other, they didn't really play against each other that much. But Diggs overall had a great game today, 101 yards, a huge touchdown. He has absolutely roasted the Green Bay Packers. This is his eighth straight game with a touchdown reception against the Packers. He's played now five games in his career with Jair Alexander on the other side. He's got six touchdowns in those five games. So Stefan Diggs has made it a career out of cooking. I don't want to just say Jair Alexander. because I don't know how much he was actually covering him. But on the, in that secondary with Jair, Jair Alexander as a part of it, Diggs had a lot of success. And I think because of the chippy nature, they were going back and forth. They were talking a lot of trash. The Bills wanted to keep going at them. It was kind of like a mentality. And I think Josh Allen put the ball in jeopardy a little bit too much because he got maybe a little bit dialed up too much in that part of the game. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. He was, you know, trusting uh, his arm a little bit too much at times, making some throws that he shouldn't have been making. Um, And you're right. It kind of reminded you of the 2019 version of Josh that you mentioned earlier in the show. They, They were uncharacteristic, but how much of it was, you know, we, we really want to put this team away because of right. how chippy it's been. And speaking of the Jair Alexander conversation, it, it's interesting. It's never up to the player, but if if you have a true number one corner, and I think Alexander is a true mm-hmm. number one corner, why aren't you having them follow the team's top wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen said earlier this week he was expecting that. Didn't really happen. Right. Um, earlier this season, uh, Justin Jefferson had a huge game against the Packers. And again, he didn't follow Jefferson. So 
if this has been a problem before and you have Stefan Diggs going over 100 yards, scoring a touchdown, why aren't you making those matchups? So that kind of falls on the coaching staff in this uh, regime a little bit to not trust that your best guys are going to be put in the positions to uh, make plays against the other team's best players. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as far as Alexander move, or uh, Allen, you know, extrapolating this out, moving on uh, in, into future weeks here, I don't think this is super concerning. I think that the Packers had a really good plan up front. I thought that Rashawn Gary and company, they have a really good defensive yeah. line, and they are the number one team in the league against the pass. So they were going to make it hard on Josh Allen in this game. They had some different – the way they were bringing pressures and mixing in blitzes and – and, and, and running their games and their stunts, I think it really frustrated Allen at times. I shouldn't say frustrated. I think it just it kept him off balance a little mm-hmm. bit. There were so many plays. There was three plays, I think I remember, I want to go back and watch the game, where he made an absolutely one of those insane throws with a guy like right in his face mask. And you can make plays and you can get your confidence level up and continue to make them and continue to make them, but it doesn't mean that like at any given moment – is it going to start to go the other way? And then right. you have to kind of deal with that part of it. And I think as things kind of deteriorated in the second half, had a couple turnovers, you know, that's just what it was. And they wanted to keep being aggressive. But I think this might be, you know, tucked away in this game might be a really nice lesson for them in a game where they win and they they won and they controlled it the whole time. Is like, okay, we have to now self-scout, self-regulate when we are in these moments where, because teams are going to do this, Sean McDermott mentioned sure. it, they're going to try to poke and prod now the big Super Bowl favorite. They're going to try to get in their head. And when that happens, the Bills have to kind of take a deep breath, a goose fraba, if you will. What movie? <laughs> Go- no, I don't know. Goose, goose fraba. Dude, anger management? Oh, I've seen it, but it's been years. Get out. Years. Get out. That's terrible. I, I love was, Goose Fraba, dude. I feel like Jack Nicholson. Adam Sandler, Jack Nicholson. I didn't like it that much. It's a whole other discussion, apparently. But I, I was not. I literally, fan. today, I told this man that he changed my life because <laughs> I'd been eating, eating red delicious apples mm-hmm. egregiously for two decades. And you, you put me on a Honeycrisp. And I made the change. And then you just throw anger management under the bus. I'm emotionally hurt. I'll I'll give it a watch tomorrow. All right. On on Josh Allen. On on Josh Allen, you nailed it. In the first half, think about this, Matt. The the passes that he made with pressure in his face. The ability to run away from pressure when it was coming at him. Uh, I want to say it was like a third and 13. He ran for 16. And then shortly thereafter, um, he used his legs to move out of the pocket, get a defender to come up to him, and then tossed a one-yard touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. So everything was working for him with his arm, with his legs in the first half. And then the second half, he tried to take off with his legs at one time, but the Packers were, were more ready for it. And instead of throwing the ball away, he took a sack where he just ran out of bounds, and it's a negative play. And he throws those interceptions, negative play, negative play. So adjustments on the Packers' part. Uh, but also maybe, you know, Josh saying, well, this worked in the first half. It's going to keep working. But when teams throw the, those different wrinkles at you, uh, eventually you're going to make a few mistakes here and there. So it's up to Josh Allen and this Bills offense to clean up those mistakes and make sure the mistakes don't result in turnovers or uh, plays where you lose significant yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get into this running game. Uh, we got some things to talk about on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills. Um, 
At receiver, real quick, before we move too far on, obviously we talked about Stefan Diggs' it's a big day. I thought Isaiah McKenzie had a really nice bounce back day today. I tweeted it, I tweeted about it. It, was, it wasn't anything crazy. Obviously he had the, uh, the touchdown run on the jet sweep, but it was also that, you know, that catch over the middle, a catch that he maybe didn't make a couple weeks ago against Kansas City that helped set them up in the red zone and then eventually for, this, for the, uh, the touchdown to go up 21 uh, to 7 at the time. You know, that's a big-time play in the game. And I think, you know, the Bills do a really good job of this. McDermott does a really good job of this, is like letting guys know when maybe they're not doing well mm-hmm. or, you know, they have a they have a setback in a game, but giving them an opportunity to come back and then, you know, make it better. And I thought McKenzie did, did well for himself today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, credit to the Bills, too, where I think early this year they were – I don't want to say to a fault, but they, they really wanted to fit him into that just pure slot receiver. He wasn't going to be returning kicks. He wasn't going to be doing anything else. He was going to be their, their number three receiver. And that was fine, but he had some ups and downs. And in this game, you brought back the gadget play. You brought back the jet sweep. It results in a touchdown. It keeps the defenses on their toes. He had some nice returns in this game. Uh, so they're, they're letting him be that jack-of-all-trades, that weapon of sorts. And I think that's a good thing for him. They're confidence boosters. They help him get better. And then, you know, if you do want to turn him into more of that traditional slot guy again later this year, maybe that is the, the best course of action, but it wasn't working for the past few weeks. So what do you do? You unlock him and, and let him use that speed. Let him use that ability that he had, you know, he has used in previous years when the Bills had other guys in the slot and other weapons, and it allowed him to make plays on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to let you guys watch uh, this clip. I, I uploaded it here from uh, Jair Alexander. I went in the locker room. Obviously, we talked about um, their exchange during the game, and, and then this is what he's had to say about the, it. The tunnel with you and Stephon Diggs. What what happened in the tunnel before the game when you guys yelling at each other going on the field? Ah, uh, man, I was just keeping it real with him. Told him he couldn't mess with me here, little boy. That's that's all that was. Just being honest, you feel me? That's all I can do. He said he didn't know who started it, but he said he finished it. Hmm. I don't know what he mean by that. I need more clarification. Do you know who started it? No. I don't either. I, I finished it. How do you feel about your matchups with him dating back to your days with Minnesota? How would you characterize that? I mean, I always thought he was a decent receiver but you know I don't really got much else to say about him when you look at your team hmm. kind of an odd kind yeah. of an odd exchange there it's like first of all you your defense um while it made some plays in the second half don't get me wrong we're we're, we're pretty much clowned in that first half I mean this was a team that was giving up uh, around eight, I think it was 18 points a game, or they were scoring 18 points a game. I gotta go back and look at what they were giving up. But the Bills made it look easy in the first half, and sure. I thought that they were able to move the ball offensively. Then in the second half, they started making some plays. But you talk about Stefan Diggs, number one, you didn't travel with him. Number two, he ends up coming in here having a hundred and a touchdown. And number three, calling him a decent receiver. Ryan, he now leads the NFL in touchdown pass receptions at seven. He's second in the NFL, only behind Tyreek Hill, who's on pace to have like 2,000 yards this season. Stephon Diggs is, you know, I know he likes to say that he's him, 
whatever that means, because I feel like everybody's calling themselves him these days. But Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. And I think there's obviously a little bit of heat that exists between these two guys that goes back to when Stefan Diggs was playing them twice a year. Yeah, clearly when he called him a decent receiver and, you know, a little boy and it, odd, odd comments, like you said. You know, they weren't matched up very much today, but but at the end of the game, Diggs is the one that hit over 100 yards. Diggs is the one that scored a touchdown, and Diggs was on the winning side of things. Uh, so, like you said, odd exchange, both of them saying that they ended it, and uh, Alexander saying he needed more clarification on what Diggs meant by that. But What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here, one half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, here today to talk to you about prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy winning the game is ending it winning the, having the last laugh that that is essentially ending it because you don't see the Packers very often in the regular season when you're in the AFC like he did when he was in Minnesota two times a year and the way the Packers are playing right now it's you're not likely to, for them to meet each other in the Super Bowl either if the Bills are able to get there so I think Diggs is pretty much saying I, I've closed the book on this rivalry on this view there's some chirping pregame I came out on top and there's really no arguing that yeah, I don't think they're going to see each other in the Super Bowl. No. This year. Uh, it's going to be a long slog. And as you see Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the sidelines, you know, late in the fourth quarter laughing and smiling and joking with teammates. And I mean, I guess when it's when it's this bad, you, I guess you can only get a laugh to keep from crying. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. So I, I guess I get it from that perspective. But, you know, it, it's it's just something where these are going to be really fun matchups week in and week out with Stefan Diggs. And I think – the more that we see, um, the more success he has, this Bills offense has, the more you're going to see um, teams try to do this. Um, I was going for a transition there, but I wanted to talk about something else. I really dropped the ball. You know, listen, I know you tune in most of most of the time. The main reason is for the transitions, sure. and I didn't deliver in that spot. Well, but you know what? It's 2.30 in the morning, and sometimes you just got to read it. So I'm, I apologize. It's tis the season to save on groceries and all of your holiday gifts. Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Market. Shop at Tops and save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's. Great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings. That new big screen TV you want from Best Buy and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with Christmas bonus from Tops. For a complete list of available gift card savings, visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. And Ryan, what is this 
Toys R Us at Macy's? I didn't know that that was happening. Oh, yeah. They've got their own little space in all the Macy's stores. There, yeah, there's a few, few different uh, states that have their own toy, Toys R Us stores. Uh, but mostly now, I believe they're affiliated just with Macy's and have their own little department in there. Interesting. A couple more things I want to cover before we get out of here. And we'll have a couple shows for you guys this week coming up um, as we get ready for the Bills at the Jets in New Jersey on Sunday. But let's talk about this running game for the Bills. Um, Devin Singletary comes out. He puts up, I think, 50 yards on the one drive. Uh, ends up with uh, 14 carries for 67 yards. Um, first with Singletary, I really liked the usage of Singletary. Like, Zach Moss was active. I thought it was a waste of a roster spot. I think they could have given the jersey to somebody else. He doesn't end up touching the uh, – it doesn't look like he had a snap in the game. Right. So – I like that they were going heavy Devin Singletary, but what they found at the same time was a nice mix with James Cook, who ends up with one catch for 41 yards, which is where you want to see his impact in the passing game, and then five y- five carries, 35 yards, seven yards per carry. The only person that averaged more per rush for the Bills in this game was Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I was real encouraged with the run game today. Uh, and in the second half, too, they faced some issues early on. I thought at the very end, though, they, they once again had some good runs. Uh, but Singletary, first and foremost, you know, I don't know how much he puts into the reports and the rumors mm-hmm. that are out there that the Bills called about Christian McCaffrey, that they called about Elvin Kamara. Uh, but I, I feel like when he's been given a set workload, he's fared very well in mm-hmm. terms of how he's run the ball, how effective he's been yards per carry. And this was another example of that. I think he runs with really good confidence and vision, and he makes the most of the lanes that the offensive line is creating for him. James Cook, uh, I feel like it's been night and day from the beginning of the year to now, and you're just scratching the surface on what he can do. We still haven't had that moment where you're like, man, this is this is the James Cook game. But right. a 41-yard reception, that's huge for him. That That's the wheelhouse. He was the best pass-catching back in this year's draft. That was what all the analysts were saying. Uh, and, and then averaging, you know, like you said, uh, about, what was it, five yards? Seven yards? Seven yards. Plus, seven, yeah. Five for 35 uh, on the ground. That's encouraging, too, because he has that speed, that extra gear that Singletary doesn't have. So it's it's a good mix there in terms of how their skill sets complement one another. So getting them about 20 carries total in one game, I, I think that's the sweet spot. That's what you want to see because you need to be able to lean on the run in certain situations, and that's exactly what they did tonight. Yeah, and for – the thing for Brandon Bean, if you're sitting here looking to try to make a trade for a running back, I get the interest in Christian McCaffrey. I get even if you reached out, like Jay Glazer reported, asking about Alvin Kamara. I get all you, you know the, the the thought process in. Okay, let's make a call. Let's see what it would cost because adding that to the mix is those kinds of players. You add and then figure out the details later, right? Yes. It's you're in the Super Bowl window. You're trying to add as much talent. It's why I think that they're going to eventually end up signing Odell Beckham Jr., who cannot keep the Bills' name out of his mouth. Tweeted during the game again. I, mean, I think every time the Bills play on primetime, OBJ is tuning in and thinking about what he what he looked like in blue, red, and white. So, but but with the running backs, in the end, I think unless you can get some kind of steal, if you're Brandon Bean you probably are going to end up being gun-shy because you just spent a second-round draft pick, that draft capital, that it it was just the starting point for Christian McCaffrey in addition to all those other picks that they had to send to to the Carolina Panthers. 
you're going to cost at least that for Kamara. And I think Kamara is probably going to yield a one if he ends up going to some team. Who knows? I mean, it's a running back at the end of the day. But you just spent a second-round pick, and I think what we've seen now at this point is enough from James Cook to say there is upside there. We have to continue to, you know, nourish this part of our offense, the run game, and give James Cook more opportunities because when they've given him opportunities – I know he had a couple of mistakes early on, but how can you really – the thing that's kind of irritated me about the Cook conversation is like – how can you bang on a guy for having mistakes when we're talking about a sample size of like less than 10 touches? Right. That was the thing that kind of just always stood out to me that bothered me a little bit. About yeah, it. because early in the season, they were trying to get all three of the backs mixed in, including right. Zach Moss. And, and when you're trying to get three guys going, it's hard to get any of them going. Um, so it's understandable they didn't do much with that sample size, but he's been getting better and better. And, and I don't fault Brandon Bean if he is calling around other teams and asking about their their star players. That's what a good GM does. And maybe you find a team that's selling the, one of those players for pennies on the dollar. And if that's the case, sure, by all means. But I think the Bills have uh, other needs. I think safety is something we could talk about in terms of being a potential need based on Jordan Poyer's injury already missing Micah Hyde. Uh, running back's not one of them right now. No, they don't have that superstar X factor like a Christian McCaffrey who threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, I think maybe even caught one today, uh, you know, doing a little bit of everything. But they have a pretty good running back room. Um, and Odell Beckham Jr. can be that impact player on the offense side of the ball if he does eventually sign here. But I, I think if the Bills make a move, it might be on the defensive side of the ball. Let's get into the Poyer situation because obviously – He's got to be frustrated right now. Sure. And it all of a sudden like puts the Bills in a bit of a bind because I think listen, they like they like Demar Hamlin. We like him a lot. And I thought early on in this game was playing like an absolute guy. Mm-hmm. Although I got a little bit of a uh, you know, rebuff, uh, <laughs> rebuke or or something on the on the press row. But I just mean like when I say that, I mean he's a guy that I think the Bills can count on. Sure. Right. And so he he came in, he made some plays. He's really physical. He doesn't mind pl- tackling, which I think was supposed to be Jaquan Johnson's strong suit. Yeah. You know, Hamlin was supposed to be with more of the athletic profile, coverage ability. And I think he could do that too. Obviously, that was a tough beat on the ball. Like he took a he took a bad angle, couldn't re- respond in times. And and then I think it was, I don't even remember. Do you remember this guy's name? What is his name? The, the receiver. Yeah. I want to look it up right now. It's Torre, I, I don't even remember his first name. Torre, it was a really nice play. One catch, 37 yards, beats you for a touchdown. All right, it's going to happen. He's played really well, DeMar Hamlin, but these are still, still two inexperienced players at the safety positions. I think it's going to be about, all right, what are the available options out there? You mentioned uh, Kareem Jackson from yeah. the Denver Broncos. That could be one of them. Uh, I really do think that if the price is right, maybe you pull the move there just – even if it's even if it's a, a depth guy that you want to come in and have available in case one of those guys is working out. Yeah, it's important to see who's available around the league. I think there's going to be safeties on a lot of these teams right now that are looking and saying, you know, this is definitely a rebuild rebuilding team. We're not where we need to be. Uh, this guy's on an expiring contract, or he has one year left, and that'd be even more attractive to the Bills. Maybe if you could bring him in for an extra year because mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one of these veteran, you know, uh, Poyers in a contract year and he's dealing with these injuries. So it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Jackson was one name because he has experience with Buffalo's defensive backs coach. 
Uh, I think he plays very well. He has that versatility. He can play both safety spots. Mm-hmm. He can still even play a little bit of cornerback if you needed him to. So uh, someone to keep an eye on. But I think there's also other safeties that the Bills are going to be checking in on uh, as the deadline approaches. And if you watch the uh, uh, London game today, he absolutely blew up. I think it was Travis Etienne at one play. It was like, wow, dude. It was like the dude has a hit stick yeah. on him. And I yeah, think that that's something that, you know, obviously Sean McDermott will like. From a defensive perspective, um, we got to do a couple of things. We got to do, I want to talk about the defensive line, probably the linebackers as well. Um, but we also got to hand out our value, toolsy player of the game. Head over to value home centers right now. They will have you um, hooked up, uh, getting ready to kind of, you know, do some winter projects around the house. They have deals on everything. Check out their ad, valuehomecenters.com. We're going to hand out our value uh, toolsy player of the game. You're going to start us off. What do you got for us? I've got Tim Settle. I thought Settle really stepped up for the Bills tonight. Uh, I know that the backs rushed very well, but Tim Settle made two big impact plays. He had a sack on Aaron Rodgers and on the interception made by Matt Milano. uh, It was Tim Settle that got his hand on the ball to knock that up into the air to create that opportunity. So, if you can't get to the quarterback, get your arms up, and maybe something good can happen. And sure enough, it did for Tim Settle. So uh, post-game, Von Miller talked about how happy he was. He actually said that Tim Settle kind of spoke into the universe, so to speak. He mm-hmm. said, you know, uh, Settle said earlier this week, I'm going to get a sack this week. I'm going to make this big play. And he actually ends up making two for this team. So he's my uh, toolsy player of the game. What about you, Matt? I like it. I'm going to stay on the defensive line. I'm going to hand it out to Greg Rousseau, who I thought was – really disruptive today. And that's what they drafted him to be like in a game where Von Miller, you know, you look at his stat line, he had a couple of tackles, one quarterback hit, uh, no sacks. It was Greg Rousseau who I thought really had an impact. And a lot of that comes from the fact that teams have to pay a lot of attention to Von Miller, sure. but look at Rousseau's stat line here, four tackles. He had one sack. I, he could have had two. two. One was negated by, one the, was penalty. Negated by the penalty. And, then he had um, two quarterback hits and one tackle for a loss. So everything that you kind of look for him to give you uh, from a defensive line perspective, he's really delivering. And I think his production so far has kind of quelled some of the maybe frustration or exacerbation of the lack of production from AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham. And I'm not saying they're necessarily playing poorly. I'm not watching it closely enough, but they're not flashing enough to me. Every once in a while, I'll see a really good pass rush rep from AJ Epinesa. And I'll be like, wow, that's the guy we saw in the summer, but it just hasn't been consistently enough. And I think what you're getting out of Russo, your first round draft pick uh, last year, that's, that's gotta be really, you know, um, it's the bills have to feel really good about how they developed him. Yeah. It, you know, when, when he came in last year, um, you, you saw him flash at times, but it was the consistency part. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's been one of the most consistent players on the defense side of the ball. First few weeks of the season, he had at least half of a sack or a, an entire sack. He's won a few games without one. But then tonight he gets a sack. He should have had a second one that was negated by a penalty. He's making consistent plays. He's been really good in, in the run game in terms of run defense. Um, he can do it all, man. You know, that wingspan is going to help him bat some passes each year. It's going to help him maybe create those interceptions. So the Bills should feel really good about where he is at this point in his career. And it, it goes back to what I was saying with when I was talking about James Cook. 
they haven't scratched the surface on this guy yet either. That skill set, those intangibles, the talent, you can't teach a lot of that. The size, Mm -hmm. he's still growing into his body. He's still learning that pass rush arsenal, but you're seeing more and more of him uh, in terms of the production from year one to year two. Um, The Bills 6-1 and start, first time since 1993 Mm -hmm. uh, the Bills put out that stat today. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, this is a team that the exciting part about all of this, I think from a fan's perspective, is they're dealing with the expectations, they're winning, and they're winning in impressive fashion each way. They're finding different ways to win in impression fashion. Like, you go in in a game like this against the Green Bay Packers, who obviously there you go got John Warrow out there three dubs trying to <laughs> trying to jam IPAs down That's our right. face. Uh, the Bills give us uh, these uh, IPAs after every game. I think yeah. mostly after wins. You know, I don't think they're passing out the beers after a loss. Um, but you know, they're winning in 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 really impressive ways. And you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, like we we, we mentioned in the headline. Like, you know, are some of the things that maybe happened in this game concerning? I don't necessarily think they are because I think they're learning how to win depending on what deficiencies pop up week to week. Yeah, if there's something to worry about, it it might be injuries and how they can take a toll on you, like the Poyer conversation. Uh, But you mentioned there's 6-1, and Matt. All offseason, all summer, what was the toughest stretch of the season on paper? It's over. It's over. (laughs) It's over. From, From week one to the first week after the bye, you had the last three MVPs, uh, in Mahomes, in Rodgers, in, in Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And they've defeated all three of those players. Not Allen. I know the stat about a quarterback to defeat the last three MVPs. It doesn't happen. The Bills as a whole have beaten the last three MVPs. They've beaten some great teams along the way here. They looked the part in the opening game against the Rams. And while some of these teams that they've beaten have kind of been on a little bit of a downward spiral, other teams have bounced back. Like the Titans, when they beat the Titans, they put that beat down on them and said, holy cow, this team's not going to be very good. And now they're, they're kind of rolling right. along. They're, they're looking like a, a, a quality team. They're looking like the team that uh, was considered a contender last year. So the Bills have done their part through this part of the season. Obviously, now there's still going to be some very tough matchups remaining, but I don't see how you're not encouraged at this point of the year. Uh, we saw from our good friend Mookie Hawkins um, over at uh, Wufo Sports that uh, Jake Kumaro and Aaron Rodgers got that bro that – bro- Brosif, uh post-game pick together. That's right. That was important. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Rodgers loves to mention Kumaro at any uh, turn. So the fact that they get to meet up after the game, I'm sure made him happy. I was I was kind of anticipating at least one throw to the end zone to Kumaro and the Bills got deep. Um, but it just didn't, you know, it didn't really happen tonight. Uh, Kumaro, though, a very valuable asset on special teams. I uh, Mookie joked that maybe Rodgers would like to have him back. I don't I don't know if uh, the Packers are going to be burning the phone lines trying to get Kumaro back on Green Bay, but stranger things have happened. Nice, nice player. Uh, I, I like a lot of what Jay Kumaro does, but I don't think he's fixing the problems in that Green Bay mm-hmm. offense. Um, before we get out of here, let's let's have a quick conversation about the linebackers because you know I think a lot of people were number one clamoring for the Bills to send out a third linebacker, you know, and try to like deal with the pass a little bit differently. I think we got to like stamp that out because we've learned at this point that they are a, their base is their nickel. Taron Johnson is going to be on the field no matter what. 
And then there also seemed like I, I got the I took the temperature of Bills Mafia on social media in that third and fourth quarter. And there's frustration with Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, Matt Milano's playing lights out. I mean, all pro caliber season. I don't think Tremaine Edmonds was as bad today as I think a lot of people did. I think that it, when you're in the middle and you have Aaron Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon running straight yeah. downhill at you in the middle, there's going to be plays where you'd wish he's get to the ball quicker. You'd, you'd be a little bit more physical, but they're asking him to do a lot. They're asking him to play sideline to sideline. They're asking him to play against a short passing game where Aaron Rodgers has to keep, you know, operate in that short to intermediate yeah. area. And, oh, by the way, deal with those two absolute bulls. Yeah, so – Edmonds, I feel like, has taken the brunt of a lot of the Bills fans' frustrations throughout his career. And I feel like this year there's been more good games than bad. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the good games he's had this season, you compare it to what he did tonight. And I'm not saying tonight was a bad game, but it wasn't as good as some of those other performances. So I think any time that he has a a letdown of a game, whatever you want to call it, the fans are going to go right back to that, oh, how can you re-sign this guy? How can you bring him back? There's a reason why a lot of coaches around this league specifically mention Edmonds by name because of what he can do because of maybe some of the things that you don't see. And yes, he, he led the team in tackles with 16 total tackles tonight. He did miss some plays. He was maybe out of position here or there, but like you said, they're asking him to do a lot, man. And uh, when, when you're comparing him to game by game, it, it's not necessarily fair to the player. As for Milano, again, interception. He probably could have had another one in this game. Uh, up in the press box, it was hard to tell that that one ball hit the turf. We were surprised that it wasn't reviewed up here, but I had a lot of fans chiming in that on the TV view, they, they slowed it down significantly to see that it hit the turf. But he's making plays for this team. And McDermott uh, in the postgame presser said, listen, you know, you guys are writing a lot about him a lot more this year, but I've seen that same player the, the last few seasons. So it, it might just be the ball's bouncing to him this year, where in previous years, Maybe he wasn't in that spot where those interceptable balls were, uh, but kudos to him because it feels like each week he's making some kind of impact play, whether it's in the run game, interceptions, uh, tackles for loss. He's doing it all this year. Mm -hmm. I don't want you uh, to intercept this message. Uh, I want you to take it, catch it in stride, and head over to Tops Friendly Markets right now and make sure you check out their carryout cafe because it is – elite i mean they have deals on deals on deals ryan talbot check this out tops has the per is perfect for game day or any day um hot to go fresh large cheese and pepperoni pizza how much you tell me i'm I'm come on dude i'm for the breakfast pizza i'm waiting for the breakfast pizza dude i'm quizzing you Hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza. I'm always thinking about the breakfast pizza that's twenty dollars, Matt Perino. Always <laughs> thinking about it. It's always, I'm thinking about it right now. Like it's like almost three a.m. I could go for a slice of breakfast pizza. How much is their hot to go pizza? Fourteen bucks. Fourteen. I was gonna guess six. Jumbo chicken wings, ten count. Twelve. Fourteen bucks. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible at this. I I can't be on pizza and taco logs, six count. No. Seven sixty nine. You got the $5.99 a pound baby back rib section, sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. Listen, by the time we get out of here, we might be old heading over to Tops to get a breakfast pizza right. on the way home. Fresh pizza. Oh, I mean, oh, if they're open, we might have to stop over at the Carryout Cafe. It'd be a little bit too late. <laughs> Who are these know. weirdos walking in at 3 a.m.? <laughs>
That's what they're going to be thinking. All right. He's Ryan Talbot. He's going to drive back to Ole in New York. I am Matt Perino. I'm going to go home and go to sleep because I got to get in my Jack Skellington costume. Oof. My daughter's being Sally. We're going to get, we're going to get after tomorrow. I got to go to a parade in the morning. And then we're obviously going to go trick or treating at night. Are you going to dress up? I don't know. Neither of my kids needed me to dress up or wanted me to dress up this year. So son is going to be uh, a NASA astronaut. He nice. has the whole gear. My daughter is going to be a surfer boy delivery girl. So a little Stranger Things vibe for Love it. the fans out there. Love it. Enjoy. Um, there's no weekend left. Apologies. But you get to celebrate a Buffalo Bills win. And we'll be right back at you next week with much, much more. Take care, everybody.